A Big 12 showdown in Austin between BYU and number seven Texas is tomorrow afternoon. What matters most when trying to pull off the upset? Plus, we preview the matchup between the Cougars and Longhorns with BYU legendary quarterback and Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian and Cougar receiver Chase Roberts. We'll give you a look into the wild weekend around the Big 12 with the Big 12 Roundup and make our prop picks predictions. And will BYU win its first Big 12 championship this weekend? We'll preview the Big 12 cross-country championships live from Ames, Iowa. And don't forget Dwayne Wade still hanging out on campus. Should we just get him an office now? I think we should. And I didn't know that he didn't already have one in the annex. This is BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, October 27th, game day eve. I am Jerem Jordan. And uh, he is Spencer Linton, live from Austin, Texas, working on his Matthew McConaughey uh, impersonation. How's that coming, brother? Now, it's real simple, Jerem. Oh All I got to do is get rid of the illusion that I actually exist, drive <laughs> around in my Lincoln, contemplating that somewhere out in the <laughs> stratosphere is the idea that BYU can actually win this football game tomorrow. All right, all right, all right. Nice, very nice, very nice. <laughs> I like it. That's a pretty good one. That's one of your better ones. I got, listen, I got, I got some work to do. I got some work. I've been, I've been no, practicing. I think it's perfect. You're, you're good, yeah. No, we're done. It's good, yeah. Good stuff. Well, we got a loaded show today, so let's get right to it. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. I think we're pretty talented, and we've got some, and we've got some really good players. Like the guys are resilient, they can play. But, but I want to beat them too, you know, and I'm sure they want to beat me too, too. Does this matter? BYU and Texas, this game certainly matters, but we have got some statements of fact that we need to discuss whether these matter with this game as BYU takes on number seven Texas tomorrow pregame on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 1.30 Eastern time as Spencer enjoys some Torchy's tacos and barbecue in Austin. How about your barbecue in back-to-back -back weeks of Kansas City and Austin? More on that coming up. Not. Okay, does this matter? In regards to BYU pulling off an upset, Spence, of number seven Texas, BYU 4-1 all-time versus the Longhorns. Does this matter? Oh, I want to scream that it matters so much, Jeremy. You see my wardrobe choice today featuring the Taysom Leap. And I know that there are several Texas fans out there that still fear that guy. And he gives them goosebumps when you whisper his name. But you know what? It's been so long that what happened in the five games previously just has no bearing or impact on what's going to actually happen on the field tomorrow. So outside of making Texas fans that experienced the beatdowns at the hands of BYU in 2013 and 2014 some proverbial nightmares, there's a little trepidation for that fan base, but this is a totally different Texas team, totally different coach. Our guy Sark has got things what we think is moving in the right direction. In fact, we actually believe that Texas might be back. So what happened in the past is really cool, and I love that stat. I'd like to buy into it some more, but it just has zero impact on what's actually going to transpire on the field tomorrow. So we love it. It's part of BYU's history. I'm wearing a shirt that shows one of the great moments in this series, but it's got, it does not matter when it comes to the actual game. Unfortunately, do you feel different? No, I do think it helps you prepare 
uh, better because there's some confidence and some belief uh, from history. D does history have a bearing on how BYU is going to stop the run of Jonathan Brooks? No. Um, but preparing, listen, Ted Lasso, what's the phrase? Believe, right? Uh, BYU should believe that they can go to Austin and win because they have twice. And BYU is one of the few teams in college football that has a winning record against Texas all time. And it's 4-1. and one. And, uh, you know, it's been uh, almost a decade since the last time BYU went there and, and won a game. But, yeah, uh, no overall. But, I, you know, in the preparation, perhaps, perhaps. I will say this, Jerem. The last time BYU played in Austin, they were about a touchdown underdog to the Longhorns and won 41-7. So take that for what it's worth. Now, how about something that I believe really does matter? Malik Murphy, the backup quarterback for Texas, starting and making his first start against BYU of all teams. Does that matter to you? Yeah, this absolutely matters. Uh, Malik Murphy is the guy who's making his first start. We've seen this already with two quarterbacks the last two weeks for BYU. This guy is better than both of them. He is uh, 6'5", 230, massive dude, four-star, some five-star for him, uh, notoriety. Four of eight, 47 yards passing, hasn't run this year, did not play last year, he redshirted. Um, listen, he crushed it in the spring game. A lot of fans are excited about him. He is starting over Arch Manning, who was considered one of, if not the best quarterback coming out of high school last year, obviously, from the Manning family. Malik Murphy starting is a big deal, and hopefully BYU can shut him down like they did Jake Strong and how they did not against Josh Hoover two weeks ago at TCU. Yes, this absolutely matters. In fact, Jeremy, I think Malik Murphy is a better and more capable version of a young K.J. Jefferson, only he's playing with major Texas talent around him. He's not at Arkansas. So if you thought K.J. Jefferson was impressive in Pro Bowl last year and even at moments this year in Fayetteville, I think Malik Murphy is a little bit better version of him. 6'5", 240 pounds, super athletic, and he's got all that Texas talent around him. Malik Murphy is a really good player. Steve Sarkeesian says he's very confident in what Murphy can do in leading this team, and I don't blame him when you consider that this dude, as you pointed out, was awesome in the spring game, and he looked pretty good at times in his limited snaps against Houston last week. He did enough to get Texas out of there with the win to avoid that major upset. Well, the refs with the bad spot, uh, I think, helped more than Malik Murphy did in that. <laughs> BYU is third in turnover margin in the country at plus 12. Does this matter? Yes, because you were talking earlier about the belief that BYU needs to carry into this game. Yeah, history factors into that. BYU's done it before. But recent history suggests that BYU, more often than not, in games this season, like, what have you done for me lately? Well, it's turned teams over a lot. It's take away the ball a lot. This matters because now you believe that you're going to make something good happen. And if BYU is aggressive tomorrow against another quarterback making his first start, which I believe they will be, they'll be multiple. They'll disguise a lot of different looks to try and confuse him. There's real belief there that BYU can create a takeaway and try and turn the tide of this game and take it into that weird zone. So, yeah, this one matters, too. This, this absolutely matters in the showdown between BYU and Texas because BYU players have seen firsthand what turnovers can do on their way to a 5-2 and two record. It is the only way that BYU wins this game, in my opinion. It is the only way that BYU can flip the script because mano y mano, Texas is going to beat BYU. But if BYU can unearth again multiple takeaways, 
be opportunistic and score off of those, then you can win a game on the road like they did at Arkansas and score enough and put up enough, right? This is the, this is the way, uh, Mandalorian, that BYU can go to Austin and win. <laughs> they have to get, it feels like, three takeaways and score on two of them just, just to compete in this game to me. BYU can, and if they do that, they will. All right, Jerem, let's keep this rolling. Does it matter that BYU, as an offensive unit, ran for 150 yards last week in that win against Texas Tech? Yeah, that was the season high. Aiden Robbins back healthy from injured ribs. I think so. Aiden Robbins combined with LJ Martin can give BYU a shot on offense to do something. I'm confident the BYU defense at times can hold its own. Really talented Texas uh, offense. They're going to score. But can the BYU defense get a couple of takeaways? Can special teams do their thing? And then the offense has to actually win the game. The defense special teams can set BYU up, but the offense has to be able to run the ball. If they're throwing on third and eight plus, third and nine plus like TCU, it's going to be another TCU game. I don't want to see that. We need to see BYU be able to run the ball. Yes, third down conversions are a huge concern for BYU staying on the field. The run game can certainly help that, right? As bad as it was in the second half for BYU against Texas Tech, there were some nice things that happened in the run game, especially in the first half. Can BYU find a few of those chunk plays to bolster that average? Like how many yards does BYU need to run for as a team for all of us to feel like, okay, that's enough and BYU can actually beat Texas. It's probably over 125 and pushing toward that number. I was going to say that exact Texas number. Tech. Yeah. Yeah. Granted, Texas's defensive front, they're full of dogs, man. Like they are super physical and tough and they've not given up a lot. Can BYU match that intensity and Texas's defensive line and, and find a way to break into the 125 to 140 rushing yards statistic because that would certainly help with third down conversion, staying on the field, and again, establishing belief that BYU can play with these guys and they can hang around. This is something that they obviously did not do against TCU, and BYU certainly couldn't run against Kansas either. So will they be able to do it in this road afternoon game? We'll see. And if BYU gets down big early, they're just going to have to throw it. That's what Houston did. Houston was down 21 nothing and uh, rushed 19 times for 14 yards. Just did not matter. At Kansas, BYU Ooh. had to just throw a bunch because uh, they were playing from behind the whole time. Okay, next one. This game's in the afternoon, 2.30 Central time. Does this matter? <laughs> this is another one where I want to scream, no, that has no bearing. But, Jeremy, I believe it does matter because there's an established precedent that BYU typically just does not play well in the afternoon, whether at home or on the road. All I need is one game, one game. BYU doesn't even need to win tomorrow at Texas. They just need to compete and look better than they did at Kansas and at TCU. And then I'll be like, okay, let's start to bury this thing. But until they do that, the idea will remain strong in my mind that it does matter. Like what does BYU need to do to, to get that groove to find the mojo they have at night. Somehow that's got to show up, that intensity, that energy they play with at night in the afternoon. So, yes, it matters until BYU shows me that it doesn't. BYU's lost its last seven day games. It's uh, 9 and 15 since 2019 before 6 p.m. kicks. One game wouldn't flip it for me. I need to see several more games. One game wouldn't flip anything for me. Um, yeah, this matters. <laughs> Absolutely.
It absolutely does. Okay, finally this. Does this matter? The fact that Steve Sarkeesian played at BYU and is now the head coach at Texas. As it pertains to BYU winning this game, no, it does not matter. It has no bearing on this game. The, the moment that they walk out there for warm-ups, like, yes, Sark is going to stare at the, uh, you know, navy and white and the stretch Y and whatnot, but no, he's, he's a Texas Longhorn coach right now. You know, we've, we saw this with Kalani Satake when he was the D.C. at Utah. Like, when he was competing against BYU as the opposing D.C., it didn't matter that he played at BYU. You just get in that moment and compete. Will it matter right after the game? Sure, yeah. Uh, he's going to, you know, hug it out with Kalani and whatnot, but no, no. It does not matter that he is the head coach of Texas. It has no bearing on what's going to happen in this game tomorrow. But I told some people on the airplane yesterday, if BYU loses to Texas, here's how I'm going to make myself feel better on Saturday night. And that is, well, BYU still got to win because Sark was the quarterback at BYU. Nice. So in some way, BYU still wins, even if they don't win the game. Moral victory. Uh, it's a reach for sure. But yes, it's 100% a moral victory if BYU does not win. But no, it's a cool fact. And I love the tie, and we love Sark, and we had such a good time talking to him at Big 12 Football Media Days, and he's been great this week. And we've got an interview with him coming up on the show that's awesome. But it, it just, no, it does, it does not matter outside of the fact that we love Sark, and he's a BYU guy forever. You know which school we haven't done that principle with? Utah, I'll tell you that. Our question of the day is this. Who or what <laughs> needs to be the life factor in order for BYU to beat Texas at Top Gun Brendan? I wonder what's his favorite movie on X. Slovis will need to have his best game of the season. We've seen flashes. We'll need to get it for all four quarters to beat this Texas defense. Yeah, certainly need a good game from Keaton Slovis. Absolutely. All right. Quinton Kimball on Facebook says, turnovers. Yes. If BYU can force several turnovers and hold on to the ball, BYU has a shot. Need to be like plus three in the turnover battle. I feel I don't that know way. If BYU needs to be plus three, Jerem. Yeah. You think plus three? Absolutely. So I'm thinking more like plus two. Depends. Plus one probably won't get it done. Unless it's a terminal turnover and BYU scores on one of those turnovers against Texas. If BYU has like a defensive touchdown, they could be plus one and then it could still get weird. But I was kind of centering on plus two. If BYU could be plus two in the turnover battle, then I feel like they've got a real shot. I think BYU needs to be plus three because I think Texas is that good. Like, think about it. BYU Ooh. needed to probably yeah. be plus three last week to beat Texas Tech. Like, plus five, and you only Fair. win by 13. Like, what if you don't get a fourth down stop and the fumble? Or Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, more on that coming up later in the program. Make sure you check out BYU Sports Nation game day from Austin and Provo featuring Austin Colley with the boys again, 1.30 Eastern time tomorrow on BYU TV. Coming up, BYU legend and Texas coach Steve Sarkeesian's chat with Jason Shepard and my conversation this week with receiver Chase Roberts. This is BYU Sports Nation from Austin and Provo.
Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation for your Cougar Sports day-to-day play-by-play. I am Jerem Jordan in Studio B in Provo. Spencer Linton will join us coming up in a couple of minutes again from Austin. Well, certainly the offense needs to show up for BYU to compete with Texas on the road tomorrow afternoon in Austin. Chase Roberts is the leader of the receivers so far for the Cougars this year. I spoke with him earlier this week. All right, Chase, 5-2. and two. How are you feeling about this team right now with that record? We feel great. You know, we're obviously frustrated with the losses and – um, we, but we learned a lot from them. They were good for us, and we came back against Texas Tech and did well. So we're on a roll. Uh, we're feeling good and, and confident going into this week. How would you describe um, how this offense has played? Because you haven't hit 400 yards yet, yet this team is 5-2. and two. You've been opportunistic. So how would you describe how the offense has played so far and what you still can do? Because it feels like the, you, you haven't hit like the fifth gear yeah, quite yet. That's the crazy thing is that we haven't been performing our best and we've still been, I mean, we're 5-2. and two. So when we put a full game together, we're going to be deadly. Like We're going to be a really good offense. Our defense has been great and stepped up when we needed them to. And as an offense, we make plays when we need to. Now it's just putting together a full game where we're constantly making plays, first quarter, second quarter, then second half. So um, if we can put together a full game and do what we've shown in those, in those you know, crucial moments in the past, that, that we, can, we can do well. Darius had a one-hander. Yeah. Some people have said, hey, this was even better to ch- than Chase's, which is crazy. What's it like to have those two plays this year, and what did you see on that one? I was so I was right on the other side of the field. I watched it right, like about 20 yards away, and it was definitely a better catch than mine. You know, you I probably so? yeah, okay. oh yeah. I think it was just the way his body was, like, torqued and like the way he caught it was was really impressive. So, it was pretty amazing, and we'll have hopefully some more of those uh, in the next couple of games. Okay, Texas, obviously a big challenge. Really good defense, really good team. Um, what's been kind of the conversation in the locker room about what the opportunity is this week? Yeah, obviously a really, really good team. Uh, athletic, I think the most disciplined dif- defense that we'll face this year. Um, and it just comes down to doing our job and making plays, blocking effort, energy, and you know sticking to what we know we can do as an offense. You know, we've been making plays in practice the past couple days, and, and now it's just perfecting those tomorrow and Friday, and then coming out and feeling confident and go go make plays. You know, do our do our assignment and uh, and go have fun. What's the biggest crowd you played in front of in front of your life that you can recall? Because it's going to be 100-plus. I, yeah, I don't know. We went, how much was Arkansas? That felt pretty big. Yeah, I, th- I want to say that was 70 or 80. 70, yeah. Probably Arkansas was probably the biggest that I've played in. Um, I know in the past we've played at Tennessee and some other big, big venues, but this will be definitely the, the biggest venue that I've played at, so I'm excited. What's the best and most challenging thing about that? Uh, obviously, it's going to be loud, and it's, it's an away game. Uh, they're going to be heckling us, uh, but I think that's what creates like the fun, you know, the energy, and I'm super excited. I, I kind of feed off that stuff, and um, and really when I'm playing, I kind of zone that out, and I feel like a lot of kids on the team do that as well. Just go and play, zone everything out, and, and go do what we do best, and, and that's go make plays. Now in 2021, Malik Murphy at uh, Sarah, I think you pronounce it, uh, in Southern California, his high school hosted one American Fork with your brother. Um, you watched that game. What do you remember from that? I remember the quarterback was really big for Sarah, uh, Malik Murphy, and he's. I think he's going to play this game, um, which is going to be fun to, to see what he um, has to offer for their team. And um, I remember that game. AF came on top. So Big win, like 59-21, I think. Yeah, no, it was a big win. Uh, little brother had a great game. Um, I think he had a touchdown. So... 
uh, it was definitely fun to watch. We're excited to go to go play uh, Malik, and um, if he's starting, and to to go come out with a dub like like American Fork did. Hey, go Caveman. If it, and if it's not Malik, it's Arch Manning. So there's like lots of connections there, right? Um, last five games, certainly the records of those teams very different from the first five you played. What would it take for this team to get a couple of wins, uh, if not more, against the, in the final five and do more than just make a bowl game? You know, I think just just going out and, you know, playing our game. There's not much. I mean, it's going to be a big venue, top 10 team, but we've been there before. You know, we had Baylor last year. We, play, we played top 10 teams. We, if we go out with, with the energy we did against Texas Tech, you know, some of our home games, and make plays like we do, then it's going to be no problem. It's going to be a close game, obviously. This team is really good. Uh, but we can definitely make it a game and come out on top. Would you rather be near Matthew McConaughey or Bevo, the Longhorn? <laughs> I think Bevo. <laughs> no, I love Matthew McConaughey. But, um, yeah, there's going to be some fun people there. It's going to be awesome to look around and, and be around some celebrities. And um, it'll be a blast. So whoever, whoever shows up, whoever's on our sideline, their sideline, like, we're just excited to go play football. Okay, good luck this Saturday. Thank you, appreciate it. Maybe he can just meet Spencer and then he can do his Matthew McConaughey impersonation. I, I think that could work out for both as well. Our thanks to Chase Roberts for joining us earlier this week. Well, iconic people in BYU history go by one name. When you say Sark, you know who I'm talking about. Steve Sarkeesian, the BYU quarterback in 1995 and 1996. The 96 season, 14 and one. It took uh, a long time, almost 20 years for another college football team to win that many games in a season. Now he's the head coach of the Texas Longhorns facing off against his alma mater in BYU. And earlier this week, Jason Shepard spoke with Sark for Cougar pregame live on BYU Radio Saturday. Here's a part of that conversation. Coach, for obvious reasons, you've been asked a lot about your BYU days this week, and it's really been fun to hear you talk about those days and the influence that it's had on you. At the time, what did it mean to you, but certainly now removed from your playing days, what does it mean to you to be a part of a quarterback fraternity like BYU? When I chose to go to BYU, I, I was going as a junior college transfer that I knew they threw the ball and and I, I knew the history of BYU of throwing the ball, but, but I don't know if I really understood quite enough what the impact of the being the quarterback at BYU in that era was. And when I got there, um, some phenomenal moments early in my career. Um, but I also remember throwing three picks against Utah in the first half, my, my junior year and the booze coming down. I'm like, Oh, this is, they're really, really serious. As much as assuming the responsibility of being the quarterback to throw passes in that offense, it was assuming the responsibility of being a leader and connecting people. And I think that was something that I've always carried with me. And now more than ever as a head coach here at the university of Texas. You announced on on Thursday that Malik Murphy will get the start against BYU. Arch Manning may see some time. You haven't made that decision yet. How much does the offense change without Quinn as the quarterback? You know, systematically we won't we won't change. You know, um, you know what we try to do. Uh, I think, like most coaches try to do, is we try to, you know, put our put our quarterback in the in the best position to be successful. And that's identifying his strengths and weaknesses and the things that he runs well in practice that he has a comfortable, a comfort level with. And so we're going to run our, we're going to run our offense and, and we're, we're going to, we're going to do it to, to best try to attack what BYU does, which is, which is obviously a, a, a tall task that way. 
Um, but, but we also have to be mindful of Malik and what does he do well? And so there may be some things that he does a little bit differently or, or better than Quinn for that matter. And there may be some things that he doesn't do quite as well as Quinn. And so those are the decisions we try to make throughout the week, um, so that we can devise a, a good plan to put him in position to be successful. What has stood out to you about this five and two Cougar team coming to Austin? Tough, hard nose. Um, I, I feel like I'm watching Kalani. You know, I, I, and I've known Kalani a long, long time. Um, these guys are full of energy. You can see the way they play. Uh, they're they're full of energy. They're attacking style. Um, they're tough, uh, but they play very smart. Um, and I've, I've said this all along. You know, I think the good teams that I've been a part of, the good teams that I've coached. Um, they start to embody the personality of the head coach. And I think that this BYU team has embodied Kalani's personality. They, they find a way to win. Um, they, they, they're very aggressive defensively. They create turnovers defensively. They put pressure on you that way. Uh, and then, and then, you know, staying remaining opportunistic offensively to, to create explosive plays and to score points. You mentioned the turnovers and BYU has been one of the best teams in takeaways and, and, and assuming it's high on the list, every game, how much focus has there been and how critical will that aspect be in determining the outcome for Saturday? Well, it's huge. Um, you know, it, it's the number one stat in football that talks to winning and losing football games. And um, and so it's always a point of emphasis of ours. This game now more than ever, it, it's heightened with a, with a team that uh, is on fire right now. I think they have 11 interceptions on the year. I think they've recovered four fumbles. Um, and so the fact that they're creating them uh, on defense and that they're taking care of the ball, um, you know, defensively or, or offensively is, is a huge factor for us. And I really think in the two losses that they had, that that's where their issues came is when they did turn the ball over. So uh, I think the ball is paramount here for sure. Your entire roster reads like an NFL depth chart, but I, I want to focus on the defense. Where does the defensive side of the ball stand right now in your mind? What's the state of your defense? Well, I like our defensive front. Um, you know, I, I think that that we're we've got some good size. I think we play physical, and I think we play good football up front. Um, naturally, you know, we I, we pride ourselves on the depth that we have on the defensive side of the ball and our ability to play a lot of players. Um, you know, we, we may play upwards to thirty players. You know, twenty five players in the first half here Saturday on defense. So, when we can play a lot of people and we have confidence in them to do that. I think that bodes well for us, not just early in the game, but I think that's helpful for us as we head into fourth quarters of games that our guys are fresh uh, and they're able to play good football late in the game when 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 we need to make those plays. It has been an absolute pleasure to talk with you. Uh, thank you for making time uh, for us to do this today. I know I speak for a lot of BYU fans when I say that you brought a lot of joy to this fan base, and we are all proud that you will always be a Cougar. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. See you Saturday. Steve Sarkeesian with Jason Shepard. Listen to that entire nine-minute conversation. We just played a portion of it with Shep on Cougar Pregame Live tomorrow at 1.30 Eastern on BYU Radio. Let's bring Spencer Linton back from Austin, Texas, just outside of Darrell K. Royal Stadium. If you want to learn about who Darrell K. Royal was, we've got a great story on BYUTV.org and BYUSN.com as well. Uh, all right, let's do Big 12 Roundup. Spence, uh, you lead 5-1. i got to climb back into this thing, so we begin with Number six, Oklahoma, a nine-point favorite at Kansas. Who you got? Ooh, you know I love the Jayhawks, but Jalen Daniels, I, I don't know if he's truly healthy and like how much he could or could not be an impact. I'm taking Oklahoma here, Jerem. I think they got a significant wake-up call at home against UCF. 
they'll be ready for Kansas when the Jayhawks visit Norman. I like Oklahoma with the points to bounce back and look much better than they did a week ago against UCF. Yeah, Oklahoma last week lost against the spread for the first time all year. I still like them, 6-1 ATS. Give me Oklahoma. All right, number two. This is a big line right here. Houston, 17 and a half point underdog on the road against the Kansas State team that just put a beat down on TCU. Who you got? I have Kansas State covering. I know it's a huge line. I think Houston, who Woo! built up a lot of emotion going into that Texas game and did not come out on top and are ticked off about a bunch of things, including the spot I mentioned earlier. That, that uh, disappointment carries into this week and Kansas State rides high after crushing TCU. They do it again against Houston. Yeah, Houston happened to go on the road to Manhattan. Again, after the Wildcats played so well against TCU, that's tough. It feels like a little bit of a hornet's nest that Houston is walking into, but that line is so big, 17 and a half. I feel like the Cougars offense is explosive enough. They have enough weapons to score some points against Kansas State. And so I think that there might be like a backdoor cover here where Houston's down by 20 or 21 late and they, they sneak a touchdown or a field goal to sneak inside that line. So I'm gonna take Houston with the points here. West Virginia at UCF. The Knights are a seven point favorite. I like UCF. Uh, John Rice Plumley makes a huge difference in case you were wondering, because he gets back, he's looking healthy last week against Oklahoma and this Knights team Played like an entirely different squad. I think UCF gets their first Big 12 win tomorrow, and they do so in the bounce house at home against West Virginia, who started to struggle a little bit, Jerem. Give me UCF for all the reasons you mentioned. UCF putting up 232, rushing a game. West Virginia gave up 149 yards to Ollie Gordon II in the fourth quarter. Yeah. All right, how about this? Iowa State and Baylor, good game here. Just a three-point line. The Cyclones are a favorite on the road in Waco. Who you got? Bears are used to being a dog in the last five. They have one uh, against the spread two of the last three. Give me the Bears at home. Baylor is gritty. You know what? And they've been bad at times this year, but they just kind of hang around. They hung around against Utah and almost won the game. Probably should have beat the Utes, right? Baylor is, is sneaky at home, but I think Iowa State has found enough and they have enough momentum overall that they can go into Waco and win this game by at least three. I'm going to take the Cyclones okay, then. to pick up a big road win and stay atop the, the upper portion of those Big 12 standings. Taking Captain Rex and the Clones. Okay, Cincinnati at Oklahoma State. Cowboys favored by seven. Cincinnati's offense, again, has just been so bad in the red zone. They just can't, they can't find any consistency there. And so I can't in good conscience say that they're gonna go into Stillwater and beat Oklahoma State on the road when they can't do things in the red zone, Jerem. So seven point line, I thought the line might honestly be a little bit more for Oklahoma State. So I'm gonna take the Cowboys here to hold serve at home. They win by at least seven points. This is my super pick and I agree. I'm taking the Cowboys. Ollie Gordon II has 566 rushing yards the last two weeks and six touchdowns. Bearcats 0-4 in the Big 12. They will be 0-5. Cowboys also have dialed it in with Alan Bowman as quarterback. Give me the Cowboys in my super pick. All right, finally, Jerem, BYU at Texas in the stadium that I am standing in front of, Daryl K. Royal, the Cougars, we last checked, an 18 and a half point underdog 
Are you taking BYU to be within 18 and a half points and cover here? I am, because I know who files the checks, Spence. I'm going with the Cougs. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tow the company line here as well, Jaron. <laughs> and I'm going to say that BYU's, uh, they're within 18 and a half points here. Let's make it weird in and the fourth quarter. Wouldn't it be something if BYU could do what Wyoming yes. did and be tied with Texas going into the fourth quarter? I wish Texas was coming off a huge win. Um, they're coming off a survival win. It's very different from Alabama to Houston right now. but. Yeah, that wraps up Big 12 Roundup. Yes. I got I to gotta get back in that. I'm way down. Coming up, Puka Nakua, Ashley Hatch, Big 12 Soccer Awards, Foos. We got a ton of stuff in the headlines and the whip. This is BYU Sports Nation from Austin and Provo. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and the TikTok. Welcome back to Studio DKR and Studio B. I am Jeremy Spencer. Let's get to today's headlines. Beginning with this, BYU football going to play in the stadium behind me, Jeremy. Austin, Texas taking on number seven. Texas pregame coverage begins tomorrow, 1.30 Eastern, live on BYU TV with BYU Sports Nation game day. You can also follow it on BYU Radio. In other football news, BYU cornerback Jacob Robinson named the Jim Thorpe Award National Defensive Back of the Week. How about that? And it's for the second time this season. Well done, Jacob. Only dude named twice this year. Cougars in the NFL. Puka Nakua won NFL Rookie of the Week for the third time this season. Had eight catches for 154 last week. The Rams play at them Cowboys Sunday. Zach Wilson and the Jets play the Giants in the Battle of New York slash New Jersey. Fred Warner and the Niners play the Bengals. Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, Daniel Sorensen and the Saints play Blake Freeland and the Colts. Tyler Algier and the Falcons take on the Tennessee Titans, while Kyle Van Noy, newly with the Ravens and making an impact, they get the Arizona Cardinals. Sione Takitaki and the Cleveland Browns off a big win play the Seattle Seahawks. Michael Davis and the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego host the Chicago Bears. Jaron Hall, Kyrus Tonga, and the Vikings, after beating the 49ers, will take on Zane Anderson and divisional foe Green Bay. Fusini Traude is one of 20 players named the Carl Malone Award watch list, given to the top power forward in college basketball and the person who uses themselves in third person the most. That's not actually true. Traude averaged 11.2 points and 8.2 <laughs> rebounds per game last season. Seventh-ranked BYU women's soccer had eight players honored by the Big 12 Conference yesterday. On the All-Big 12 teams, Laveni Vaca and Brecken Mozingo named to the first team. Kendall Peterson, Olivia Wade Katoa, Ali Fryer, and Ellie Walbrook were named to the second team. Lynette Hernez and Cameron Jorgensen, a part of the All-Freshman team. Number eight, women's volleyball. Lost in three for the first time this year by 22 points. Never hit 20 in a set, hitting a season-low .075. What happened at Kansas State? First non-top 10 loss of the year. Same two teams tonight, 7.30 Eastern on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. Third-ranked BYU men's cross-country and the fourth-ranked women's cross-country team both competing tomorrow at the Big 12 Championships in Ames, Iowa. The men are the second-highest-ranked team behind number two Oklahoma State. What a showdown that's going to be. The women currently represent the top-ranked Big 12 program. 
We'll talk to, talk to Joey Noakes from Ames coming up in a moment. And Ashley Hatch played 23 minutes off the bench for the United States women's national soccer team last night in a friendly with Columbia in Sandy, Utah. She had a shot on goal. I went to the game. It was fun to see Ashley get in. A lot of local support from Utahns uh, supporting Ashley at that game. Those are today's headlines. Now let's whip it. Google Whip Around is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Spend, or I should say this, Jerem, do you expect that BYU women's volleyball will bounce back tomorrow against Kansas State after kind of just a head-scratching performance in Manhattan last night? Yeah, they get after it tonight, and yes, they will win tonight. I believe BYU bounces back. Uh, poorest performance of the year, weird performance, in fact, couldn't hit, gave up a lot. Like, everything that BYU's done well this year, they did not yesterday. Yes, BYU gets a split. I agree, this squad is too well coached. Heather Olmstead and her staff, they're so good. They will recover. They clearly did not show up with the right mindset. Last night, they're gonna get back to it and split this series and bring some, you know, some needed balance to what's going on in Big 12 volleyball right now. They win tonight. Will BYU win its first Big 12 championship tomorrow? Whew. I think the women for sure are going to do it. The men, uh, they've got a little bit tougher of a road and race against Oklahoma State. That's going to be a fun showdown to watch, but I, I think yes, and it's courtesy of the BYU women's cross-country team. And they go before the men anyway, so it would be chronologically first anyway. In, uh, in the men, on the men's <laughs> yes. side, Texas number six, Oklahoma State and BYU also in the top six there. That is, uh, that is loaded, so yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think BYU's going to win one or two tomorrow. If they win zero, frankly, that'd be disappointing. The first of many, Jerem. Hey, how about this? Dwayne Wade continues to make an impact on campus in Provo, Utah. He was wearing Trey Stewart's custom sweater that Trey gave to him during Ryan Smith's class. Would you rock this sweater? Because apparently Jordan Clarkson of the Utah Jazz wants one too. Oh, you know, I would absolutely. Now, would it be uh, quite big on me? Yes. Uh, but yeah, the hoodie look, it looks heavy, dude. Uh, I don't know what it's made of, but Trey doesn't mess around, dude. <laughs> Trey posted a video of him cutting out like this quilt and like what went into it. And he's at the sewing machine. Like oh, he's yeah. incredibly crafty. So just re respect to Trey for what he does. This, this fashion guru, he's got a real passion for it. I would attempt to rock that, but I wouldn't look nearly as good as no. Dwayne Wade or Jordan Clarkson or Trey Stewart in it. Really, really good. Yeah, I'd like it, but I wouldn't look good in it like those guys. Oh, give yourself some credit. Come on. That is the whip. Coming up, is BYU winning its first Big 12 title tomorrow? Great competition, great opportunity. Cross country looks to do it on the men and women's sides. We'll talk with star Joey Noakes from Ames, Iowa after this. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation in Studio B. Well, the men and women's cross-country teams are in Ames, Iowa today, preparing for tomorrow's first Big 12 cross-country championships. Could we see the first Big 12 title coming home to Provo? Perhaps two over the weekend, we shall see. And joining us live from blistery Ames, Iowa, is Joey Noakes, star runner for the men's cross-country team. Joey, how's it going, man? How's Ames this morning? It's great. You know, 40 degrees, wind's blowing, good. It's fun to have you uh, literally on the course and chat with you. And I, uh, your dad was my eighth grade history teacher at Elkridge Middle School in South Jordan, Utah. 
So I go back a long ways with your fan, but what, what's it like to have your dad now teaching at BYU and you on the cross country team? And how often do you have lunch? Oh, it's, it's fun. We're a BYU family, and, you know, we have lunch. I try to keep his office about every That's awesome. Okay, what are the expectations for you and this team as you pursue BYU's perhaps first Big 12 title in any sport? You know, we have had a great performance so far this year as a team, and I think we just need to trust in our fitness, keep doing what we have been doing. Uh, we've been working super hard the past weeks, and so now we just get to see it. On the men's side, Oklahoma State is ranked number two, BYU's three, Texas is six. That's some serious competition. What do you need to do to outpace those two other teams, let alone the host Iowa State, who's number 17? You know, like I said, we just we already know the fitness there, and, and we know that we can do well as a team. I don't think we have to completely knock it out of the park to beat these teams. Uh, we match up really well. But so as long as everyone's kind of in there, giving it their best and winning their individual races, then we'll do well. How is the course? The course is actually it's one of the flatter courses we ran on this year. Um, so that'll be it, it'll be kind of nice. There's a few little hills, um, but I think it'll be a fast and it'll be a fun course. Uh, it'll be cold tomorrow, though. How does weather play into how you run? You know, it doesn't change too much. Um, we are using kind of a strength-based program, so we do well in, in bad weather. Some other other schools and individuals have to have good conditions, but we're training in Provo and high elevation and everything we're ready for the cold weather and everything that they can throw at us who's the one in the group that's like the boisterous rah-rah get the get the guys going of the group right now um we have these uh two two twins that are that's the stanford twins and the thompson twins and i feel like having two sets of twins on the team is just so much fun because it's just all sorts of it's like the same person over and over. And like, it's just so much fun having like, like two pairs of twins. And I don't know. They're all way fun. Can you tell them apart, the two? The four, I guess? Uh, yeah. You're Except like... the Stampers took a while. <laughs> but the Thompsons, you were good with Creed and Davin? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it... Uh, who one of the one of the Stanford's remind me who it was uh, launched or maybe it was both uh, launched an app for BYU men's cross country. Tell me about it. Yeah, that was both of the Stanford's. They're nice. big like app programmers. So yesterday, I believe, or the day before, they launched the BYU XC app. Um, so they're kind of working on developing that, and it's been really fun. That's awesome. Hey, look out for uh, the Texas women behind you. It's Stampede there. Uh, of, uh, of of Bevo's homies, yeah. Uh, is BYU football going to win? At, are you going to tell them that BYU is going to win tomorrow at, at Texas? You want to just give a little yeah, reminder? <laughs> Texas good in uh, women's cross country as well. What what do you think of the women's team and what they could do in terms of trying to win a Big 12 title before you guys run? You know, the women's team kind of is in the same boat as us. They're uh, shooting for that title, and they definitely have a ton of talent there. Um, so they're definitely in contention, and it'll be really fun to see what plays out tomorrow between the men's and the women's team. Give me a sense of uh, when cross-country goes on the road like this and the men and women are at the same spot. Like, do you go, guys go out to eat uh, at the same place? Are you, hang are you interacting? Are you hanging out? Like, where are you going to go? What are you going to do the rest of the day after, you I assume, you, you go for a run or two? 
Yeah, the men and women team, we kind of do our own things, but we see each other a lot. And I think tonight we're just going to lay low for the next couple hours, do some homework. Uh, I think some of us have a midterm to take online just for the next couple of hours and then go to dinner tonight, have a little team meeting, go to bed. Real student athlete experience and spoken like a son of a professor at BYU. Joey, we appreciate the time. Best of luck. All the karma we can give you guys to bring home the first Big 12 titles in BYU history. Good luck, man. Thank you. Joey Noakes, star for the BYU men's cross country team, joining us from Ames, Iowa. You got to love the post-COVID era where we're like, yeah, we'll just, we'll just Zoom with you uh, on the course at Ames, in Ames, Iowa, at Iowa State there. The competition is hot and heavy in uh, cross country in the Big 12. Really good league. For BYU out of the WCC, competed for national titles. Not a big deal there. BYU is still going to do that. But we may see a Big 12 title or two tomorrow for the first time in BYU history. Our thanks to Joey for joining us from Ames. Check out the newest Her Why podcast with Lauren McLean, featuring former BYU swimmer Brent Sproul, who recounts the highs of attending the Olympic trials to ending her swimming career early because of an injury. It's on the BYU Radio app and where podcasts are found. After the break, prop picks for BYU versus Texas. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. is going to need plenty of those tomorrow against number seven Texas as Spencer uh, Linton joins us from Austin, Texas outside of Darrell K. Royal Stadium. Not, not uh, inside the stadium bland music this week. We found a nice rooftop with a nice view this week. Okay, prop pick. Spencer, you lead this 3-1. We begin with number one of five here. Over under 100 yards rushing for Brigham. Jeremiah, I hope I am wrong, wrong, wrong in this. But against that defensive front from Texas, I don't know how BYU gets over 100 yards. And frankly, you throw in some quarterback sack yards, some eventual losses from tackles for loss against a very, very stout front. I don't think they get to triple digits. I hope I'm wrong, though, because I feel like BYU has to do that to try and win this game. Aiden Robbins changes the fortunes of BYU. Cougars go over 100 yards. All right. What's BYU's turnover margin in tomorrow's game? Plus, even. Or minus. This one is me hoping more than thinking. Uh, it is plus. BYU needs to be plus. <laughs> BYU is disruptive enough that I think that they'll create at least one, maybe two turnovers. But again, on the road, hostile environment, very, very good defense. I think Texas might take one or two back, so I'm going with even here. Who will have more completions, Keaton Slovis or Malik Murphy? Keaton hasn't had a ton of completions really outside of the Kansas game, really. So I'm going to go with the trend. And like, while Keaton doesn't complete a lot of passes, he's, he's efficient and throws some touchdowns. But I think Malik Murphy's just going to attempt more because I think Texas is going to run more plays. This is just like an analytics thing for me. Malik Murphy, because Texas is going to have the ball more. They'll run more plays. He throws more passes than Keaton Slovis. Keaton Slovis has completed 13, 15, and 15 balls the last three weeks. That is a crazy low number. I do think it's Keaton, though. Perhaps that means BYU is playing from behind. I think Keaton Slovis has to throw the ball well in this game and complete a lot of passes. 
third down conversion has been a huge issue for BYU, both offensively and defensively. We're going to focus on the BYU offense here, but what will BYU's third down conversion rate when Keaton Slovis and company are on the field be? 32%. <laughs> I'm going with exactly one third, closest to the pin here. So anything 32% or below, you win. If BYU can be above a third at 33% or higher, then I'll take that point. BYU needs to be above both of us. So you would win. True or false? There will be yes. a defensive or special yeah. teams touchdown tomorrow. False. And, and I'm saying this with some hope that BYU will not give free points away like they have in their two losses at Kansas and at TCU. Defensive touchdowns scored by both of those teams. BYU absolutely has to avoid this. It's false. It's not going to happen tomorrow for either side. It's true. And Max Tooley will be the guy with another pick six. Ooh. Let's go, baby. Our question of the Ooh. day. Who or what needs to be the Y factor in order for BYU to beat Texas? At Nick PDX on X. Shout out to Portland. Stellar run game from Martins and Robbins. Uh, Martin and Robbins each. Slovis commanding the offense like George Washington crossing the Delaware. See you in Austin. Let's go. <laughs> Our elite voice of the day is presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated.